everything should be cool. Everybody cool? Are we recording now? We are recording now, yes. Yeah. Yes. Just be cool. Everybody be cool. Nothing bad needs to happen just yet. Who knows in the future. All right. Let's start in three, two, one. Let's go. Good evening, everybody. The website's URL is finalfantasy.fandom.com, and we are the finalfantasy.fandom.com podcast. Hello. My name's Blue Highwind, and uh, I'm your host for tonight, as I am for most nights. Joining me tonight are uh, these three people who want to introduce themselves, I assume. Uh, this is Cat Use. I'm Sam Calamage. This is Techno Obliterator, who is very proud of our host for actually getting the website name right. I'm very proud of you, dude. Yes. This is a great character development right here. You've gone from not knowing the name of your own website to knowing it perfectly with no corrections. Congratulations, my dude. Yeah, I, I may have had to have the website open in a tab on Firefox to double check that I was reading it correctly, but as long as it's done the successfully... They don't need to know that. Yes, they do need to know that. They need to know what a ramshackle operation it is. I'm very proud of my own incompetence for some reason. <laughs> All so, right. Look, look, it's okay. Techno's so dedicated to this bit. He uh, he kept it even after we lost the first attempt at this. So. Exactly, <laughs> All right. man. All right, that's a level of incompetence I didn't want viewers, people to know about. The viewers didn't need to know that. <laughs> Listeners, there's no audio. I mean, there's no video. The listeners don't need to know that. See, we're very transparent, even when we shouldn't be. That's what makes us such a great show. Yes, it's what makes Anyways, us the greatest they... Final Fantasy Wiki podcast on Earth. We're no. also the only this Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. This just going to be mysteriously bleeped out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, where do we want to start? We have a various nexes of info and importance that we could go to to start things off. I think we should start with a little new video game that has come out, one that has joined us in our beautiful Final Fantasy family, and that is what is known as Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier, which uh, got released, yeah. what, on, like, November 10th? Was it? Yeah, so this is so uh, this is the Battle Royale game about the set in the Final Fantasy VII universe. Um, there's, there's a, apparently a good amount of cosmetics and things that people like about it, but as far as I can tell, it's just a little battle royale set in the Final Fantasy VII world that's competent, but if you don't like battle royales, which I won't, which I don't, then you won't like this game. That's what I can tell. You've stolen my thunder, that's my thoughts exactly. Uh, okay. I actually did play it, as promised. I told people on the air that I would play Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier one time. And I played one time. I, I, I'm going to go and give everyone the play-by-play -play of this epic adventure I had as Blue Highwind, the one-time soldier in The First Soldier. So uh, Blue Highwind, she's a blue-haired girl because I just felt like being like that. Uh, she uh, decided to parachute immediately... And uh, various other people also had that same idea. So uh, what she did is she saw the first guy and immediately raced right at him and beat him over the head. And that dude dropped dead. Nice. Uh, meanwhile, somebody else uh, was smarter than Blue Highwind was, and uh, they picked up a gun and started shooting at Blue Highwind, who uh, tried to run into a 
cargo container and then sadly died trying to heal herself of a potion. So um, that is the Great. end of uh, my campaign with Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier. It was 36 seconds long with a kill-death ratio of one. Good stuff. Is everyone proud of me? Proud of you. It, oh. It's okay, Blue. You, you, you will be the first soldier in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I can't say I much enjoyed any of it. Um, it you know what? It's, you're playing a first... Is it a, you're playing a third-person shooter on a phone. Um, I, mm. I did have to play like 20 minutes of a demo level where you just sure. play PC. And uh, for some reason, where they put the bullets, like where you shoot, is right where you turn the camera. So uh, multiple points, I thought I heard someone shooting at me. And it was just my own dumb self accidentally hitting the shoot so button. The thing is like, I think I have, uh, at least me personally, I have definitely underestimated the extent to which battle royales are now being played on mobile devices like you see like people download fortnite and whatever on their little ipads and it's just like okay well i mean if i guess it's working for a certain demographic of people but i couldn't i couldn't understand playing like a shooter game on i mean i don't play shooters in general but i couldn't imagine playing it on a touch screen where there's no like there's no feedback when you press the button like that's what people always used to say like when first person shooters came out they're like oh how could you ever play this on a console like there's no mouse and of course until goldeneye kind of turned that around but like you know it's it's just i don't understand this form factor being used for shooters but for whatever reason square enix have decided this is the only form factor we want our battle royale to be on you know it's it seems like an interesting choice yeah, you know, it's a but mobile first, only uh, game. Yes? Yeah, it's a bit weird that uh, it's uh, mobile only, especially as uh, the first soldier does have native uh, controller support baked in. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it should be possible to just port to fucking whatever. But overall, yes, the mobile market is actually the big one. That was uh, one of the factors in uh, Epic and Apple's legal spaz, it's that uh, Fortnite on iOS is their biggest money maker. Mm, it's yeah. huge, yeah. I, I just completely underestimated it. Because to me, whenever I heard of people saying like, yo, I'm playing Fortnite, I always thought, oh, you're playing it on your like your PS4 or whatever. I've, like, I've just never really encountered people playing it on mobile, but it's huge on mobile. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's massive there. I, I, I never played it, and never will, because it doesn't have Final I Fantasy VII in it. Fortnite, but I played, um, I played Apex Legends <laughs> with a couple of my friends, and I had the same experience as Blue did each time. Oh, I you... died immediately before ever picking up a weapon. And then I think the one time I picked up a weapon, I killed maybe, like, two people, and then I died. Hey, like, you know. I, I suck at these games, man. I... I, I cannot play these games. I'm not good at them. As long what as your KD ratio is an integer, you're doing fine. <laughs> there you go. Yep. As long as it's at least one. What's interesting to me is that they have the the native you know controller support because it seems like what happens is you the people who have controllers hook them up to their phones and just well they have a controller so they just go pew 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 and kill everybody and then right. you know the people without controllers they just get steamrolled. So I, I don't right, know what to make of that. Yeah, it's like there's always like a hardware advantage 
in I don't know about that. Players, when it's a when it's a multiplayer game. I like, bet there is that's just weird to me. I bet there's a 12-year-old who has been playing Fortnite on his phone for the last like 5 years or whatever it's been and he's better at I that than I have it. ever been at any shooter in my entire life. It wouldn't surprise me yeah. if that's the case, but like I mean, I don't know, it just it just seems so weird to me to have this massive hardware advantage over certain players. Like I mean, hardware advantages have kind of always existed. Like if you look at PC gaming like, oh, my computer is slower than yours, so I'm worse at the game. Like, those have always existed to an extent, but a controller seems a huge step up over just a touchscreen. The controls well, I don't are know okay. How I don't know how uh, well Square Enix has pulled this off, but it is certainly possible to uh, to allow, you know, less uh, convent. I mean, mobile controls aren't really unconventional anymore, but it's easier to it is possible to have these uh, uh these control schemes that don't seem like you know conventional kbm or controller to work just fine just look at uh, splatoon that uh, that is a uh, game series that uh, uh has at least partially defined itself on the fact that you know gyro aiming uh and that's uh, and that's worked just fine for it, even if it's less prominent in the sequels, just because of the shift from Wii U to Switch. But yeah, I don't think. Well, there is some level of degree in which you know, the best uh, K, uh, particularly hello, will be able to steamroll pretty much anything else when it comes to conflicting control schemes. It is possible to make these work well. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say uh, about the overall presentation of this thing is that it's competent enough. You're playing in like what looks like Midgard before they built the giant pizza over it. Um, there's some level of plot to this thing where they're trying to say this is the early soldier program and there's an opening cinematic that seems to be built into the whole soldier pride thing from Crisis Core which I always found to be a little bullshit because you're a mercenary for a friggin' power plant. I mean, come on. Well, there, there's no the honor in being the mercenary for Exxon going and killing people in, you know, Zimbabwe. You're, you're or not a mercenary, hell. you're an employee. Like, uh, technically, you're an employee if you only, like, work for them. Mercenaries are freelanced. Okay, but, whatever it is. You are going out and you're killing people for BP. All right? Yeah, yeah. You're setting fires to villages in Mexico for oil. That's what you're doing in this game. That is what the Soldier Pride is. Um, but other than that, there's yeah, really... Uh, anything... But, but, but that's, but that's the thing. Like, I think the Soldier Pride thing is supposed to be bullshit. I think it's supposed to be that you're doing this for some great like reason or whatever. But actually, you're, you know, you're working for this evil mega corporation to make them richer so i think it's support i think the fact that you had that reaction to it is kind of the intended reaction mm, i don't know i played crisis core they were playing it, it pretty straight yes cat use why, would, why hey. would you make a battle royale of, of whose like whole like motivation is based around you know something that's supposed to be satirical it just doesn't it, like the this, this story just sound, like it just sounds kind of incoherent there really I mean, is I, no I'm not story. Soldier, so maybe I'm bullshit. Yeah, uh, okay. That's what I was going to say. That, yeah, that, 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 just... that seems a lot better. 
Yeah, there's there's the opening cinematic, and that looked like all there was because I I didn't touch all that right, far in it. Right. There's gonna be seasons. Uh, you could play as someone dressed like Tifa. I guess maybe there'll be something like, like a that. background yep. story to it, but you, you know, I don't know what level of canonicity this thing has or how important it is. Um, I imagine it's we'll kinda, never mention it ever again on this podcast. As a matter of fact, I think yeah, I think it's canon, but like, uh, but like you said, it's not like you know, it's not going to be uh, what's it called? I can't remember the name of the Kingdom Hearts mobile game, but uh, it's not going to be like that. Where, like, that's the one. It's not going to be on the level of Union X, where it's like it's integral to the plot of the whole series. And if you don't, if you didn't play it, then you'll be like missing out or whatever. But yeah, I agree with you that I I think it's very unlikely we'll mention it to a, a large capacity in the future. It's not for us. It's simply how yeah. we should be. It's for somebody else. Yeah, um, and that's fine. Um, you know. All, all that I've really seen of this game is uh, that one screenshot that uh, <laughs> I retweeted on my account. It's uh, someone's character that's just like looks like an air of cosplayer holding a gun, and I'm pretty sure, you know, that that that's enough. That's all I really need to see of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess for something that is for us would be Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster, which also released this month. Yes. Um, and, oh yeah. I have played this. Yep. I am enjoying the hell out of it, and I am willing to answer any questions that anyone has for me. Okay. AMA. All right. So Bart, what's his true best Final Fantasy? Sorry. Okay, so we just had a random yes ask us. <laughs> so a, a, a phantom in the middle of nowhere asked us why is Final Fantasy V the best Final Fantasy? To which my answer to that question will be. Um, I think you're missing a number there. You're missing one. I'm afraid the best is Final Fantasy VI, but Final Fantasy V is a very good contender. Okay. Um, my question for you is: uh, Krill, Faris, or um, Lena? Who is the true one, true pairing with Bart? Like I don't, I don't do shipping in this game, dude. We got it. Like, we got to start it. I don't even it. do it for Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but not Cryo, not Cryo. That's, not Krill. I'm pretty sure she's not. I don't think she's even of age. Um, okay. Uh, I don't. Lena, maybe I can see Lena having more chemistry with bots than I can with Faris, who Faris has a like. I mean, she gets on well with her sister, I guess, but for the most part, you know, she's she's in her own little world, doing her own little pirate things. But I guess I'd ship Bart's and Lena, even if I don't really like ship. Thing. Okay, you got it wrong because the one true pairing is Bart's times Boku. Boko. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to agree with uh, Hexit's post in the. In the Discord channel, it, it's Gilgamesh. It's Bart's Gilgamesh. Yes, yes that is correct. Oh, Bart's and Gilgamesh oh. is the best pairing in this game. Like, you know, that's that. I think Bart's and Gilgamesh is the correct answer. And you know, if Final Fantasy but, V came out today, it would be it would be an anime called something like. They already uh, made a Final Fantasy V anime. Yeah, they did. It's the Legend of the Growing Glowing Crystal Butts. That's but, right. But that oh, was back. Oh, that was back course. when anime was was just like kind of strange and not just like 
not just like terrible harem anime. Right. If, if but, Final Fantasy V came out today, it would be a terrible harem anime. Oh. A harem isekai anime, actually. Oh. So my answer, I didn't say Gilgamesh because Gilgamesh wasn't one of my options. You didn't give me that option. You only gave me those three. You could have picked up your own nonsense. I decided the Chocobo was the true pairing. Even I broke okay. out of the parameters I set to annoy you. Alright. So anyway, so uh Final Fantasy V Pixel Remaster, I love it. Um I think it's the best way to play this game right now. And I would say that the soundtrack there's like maybe two or three songs where I'm like, what the fuck, dude? This is worse than the original. But the rest of it is just uh, incredible. I think they did a very good job with the soundtrack. I think uh, there's the, like literally there's only like two or three choices where I just I don't understand why they made that choice. But like everything else is like just remastered to just like exactly how you would imagine it sounding if it wasn't stuck with the SNES um, sound palette. But yeah, they just, they do an incredible job with the soundtrack of this game. So uh, I'm very happy with it. I think the presentation's good. Like, I think this is the best way to play this game. I'm surprised there's so much horns in the soundtrack. It's uh, Final Fantasy V goes to Hoenn. Yeah, there's a lot of, there is a lot of trumpets in this soundtrack. That's true. Yeah. And then, but then, but then there was like, again, one of the few choices that I found kind of weird about it was like, there was one bit in like, I think it was like the decisive battle where there's like a part of the soundtrack where they use a woodwind instrument and it sounds all like ominous kind of huh. thing. Yeah. But then they replaced it with a synth in this. I'm like, and it just ruins that. I'm just like, what? Wait, yeah, wait, but literally, so like, on, wait like, I, I'm confused. So on the Super Nintendo, they use something that sounded like a woodwind instrument? Yes, that's right. They okay. used something that sounded like a woodwind for this one little bit of the decisive battle. And then they replaced that with a synthesizer. And I don't think the synthesizer fits at all. Okay. Which is kind of weird. Alright. Yeah, well, how deep are yeah, you in I, uh, Final Fantasy V? So, I have just finished Bartz's World. Uh, the reason okay. I'm so slow is because I'm also... Uh, I'm also doing a ton of stuff for the wiki on Final Fantasy V as well, and that's kind of slowing me down a bit, but loving it so far. It's been my favorite playthrough of the game thus far because like, uh, because I think I understand the job system a lot better now than I did when I first played it. So, yeah, cool. very, very good game. Highly recommend it. Best job? Like, and if you... Best job is still the monk. Really? Like, uh, monk is always the best job in any game it's in but in 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 final fantasy 5 i love monk because um i just i just really love counter attack like i just i just love the idea that like yo an enemy hits you and then you hit them back immediately and then the enemy is responsible for its own death like so that's it's like my favorite thing to do is whenever it's viable to just put a whole party of just monks and then just slaughter the enemy team because you have damage output that's way above what they can handle yet and you and like because it was it gives you they have the best uh what's it called they have the best hp and the best strength and because they learned the chakra ability like they can heal themselves so mm. i think monks monks are the best that's my favorite let the I record do, i really like yeah i really like mystic knight i really yes. like ninja 
And I really like Dragoon. I love those jobs as well, but Monk is always going to be my favorite. I was about to say, let the record hold that Technobliterator is completely wrong. The best job is Mystic Knight by about a mile. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mystic Knight is like Mystic, Mystic Knight breaks the game in half. Straight yes. up. Like, awesome. Especially Mystic Knight and Ranger and Ninja. Because oh, Ranger has uh, has barrage in that game. Ranger mode. has Ranger has rapid fire. Yeah, but that's yeah, the that's only it. good thing Ranger has. Like, I mean, the bows are okay, I guess, but for the most part, like you're you're mastering Ranger to learn rapid fire, and yes. that's and then you're done with the job. Yeah. Uh, anyone else have Final Fantasy V thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been able to play much of the game, so. I don't really have uh, much hands-on. Uh, what is noticeable, however, is that uh, this uh, this release has been uh, very uh, very glitchy, actually. Like oh. uh, uh, the uh, the most recent uh, patch notes for uh, for uh, this one, uh, the bug fix list uh, I'm pretty sure is about as long as the. Uh, bug fix list of the previous four pixel remasters combined Interesting. So, yeah, uh, in terms of, so in terms of that like what i'll say to that is i didn't personally notice them but that's because i didn't like i only got up to bart's world what i will say is like uh i have known a couple people who play through it and they would send me screenshots like oh this isn't right but i i feel like the reason why the bug fix is so long isn't necessarily just because this is like oh a worst port or whatever i think a large part of that is just because final fantasy 5 has much more complex mechanics than any game before it like the mechanics of final fantasy 5 are just way more they're just way more complex than definitely any of the nes games but also final fantasy 4 is a really simplistic game I, i'm like, that's sorry because what, you have ability. what glitches are there that's happening are you asking me or asking anyone yeah i i don't know what the glitches are i haven't heard about that at all i'm curious so there was a glitch um in here like so a, a friend of mine sent me a glitch where they had just done libra on an enemy that was sh that should be dead and it turns out they were right it should be dead because it said hb zero out of one nine 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 and it's like what huh <laughs> Is there anything uh, yeah, else? Yeah, that's uh, one of the. Yeah, that uh, that glitch was one of the big ones where if like part of the uh, process of execution of a turn was interrupted, uh, the enemy wouldn't die even if they'd already taken enough damage to. Um, a lot of it is. Uh, uh, oh yeah, that here's one of the other big ones. Um, the uh, the gold hairpin, the uh, MP reducing uh, equipment. Uh, didn't uh, work correctly. Uh, the MP cost was correct, but you actually needed to have the full MP for the spell to cast it, even oh, if the even if the cost was half. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, the uh, zombie status effect just uh, completely uh, broke in <laughs> a couple of cases. That um, feels like we're back in the Super Nintendo era somehow. Uh, oh yeah, it was uh, possible to just completely skip Necrophobe. He just wouldn't spawn and the save point he drops was already there. Right. Um, uh, what else is here? Like, it's the list. 
uh, things went slowly when he used uh, when he used Beastmaster abilities too much. Um, also, sometimes release just released the wrong monster. Huh. Um, so, like, when Final Fantasy VI uh, comes out, are we gonna have like the M block problem back? I wouldn't be. So the thing, the thing was a simple game, so. Hi, Hex. The thing with Final Fantasy VI is a lot simpler than five, but also it was the original version of six was a hell of a lot richer than any version of five, including this one. So, yes, if we are truly remastering six, we need to remaster all the weird bugs. Yeah, Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was so. uh, I was gonna say firstly, um, yeah, like agreed with that about the fact that like. Uh, there's so many bugs in Final Fantasy VI that it it almost feels like you can't really have, um, you can't really have a faithful remaster of the game that isn't also faithful to the millions of game-breaking bugs that were in that one, like the fact that you can cast two spells on any enemy and just kill them, uh, like and that's uh, they obviously fixed it with the GBA version, but that was a bug. But no, the Vanish like, Doom is kind of in that version. Yeah, Vanish Doom, that's the one. But yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that I would call uh, six uh, a necessarily less complex game than five, just because, like, you know, I've been going through all the stuff in Final Fantasy V, and I'm going through all the abilities and things like that. And a lot of the abilities in F- that were introduced in five are still present in six. A lot of those mechanics are still there; they're just found in different forms. Like, so instead of equipping a job that will teach you something, you just equip a relic that gives you the same thing, hmm. or like. Um, so a lot of the mechanics are still kind of in there. Obviously, six a is a simpler the... game to beat just because it's like the difficulty of that game is so much lower than five, and like the complexity in terms of like in terms of what it expects of you as a player is a lot lower. But in terms of mechanically, what's in the game, I would say they're like at similar levels at least. I'll... A lot of the mechanics are there, but just due to the way uh, uh, the way various uh, things are set up, uh, there's a less of a combinatorial explosion in yeah. in the game. So there's less uh, weird edge cases that you know, someone might not have actually considered was even remotely possible. Um, so, uh, right, if, like but... instead of being able to like, there's there's obviously no spell blade, for instance. But what you could do instead is you could give Locke uh, the relic that lets him dual wield and the relic that gives him the barrage ability, and equip him with a weapon that has fire blade in it. So he could effectively do the same thing as spell blade, dual wield, rapid fire. With within Locke's skill set, it's just it's a weird it's a weirder way to accomplish that, if that makes sense. Something interesting I've just discovered is that I, I went on the list of glitches and bugs of Final Fantasy VI on our wiki, and apparently we we maintain a database of like patches to like fix the FF6 SNES version. What do you mean patches? Like the. Like like people made bug fix patches for the for oh. the Final Fantasy VI for the SNES, and we maintain a list of them. I guess. Oh, so these for are all like people who want to play Final something. Fantasy VI on the SNES in twenty twenty one. Yeah, if you're modding your emulated copy, I guess these are the fixes that are out. That's right. There's yeah. the Final Fantasy VI has an enormous ROM hack community. Yeah, like, um, there's the uh, infamous it, Pony ROM hack. 
which I, I heard somebody yep. made um, for some reason. Which is one of our own admins made that. Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, just uh, just a couple weeks ago. Legacy. Just a couple weeks ago, a big Final Fantasy VI ROM hack came out, uh, which actually got some traction on Reddit, I saw. Uh, this is Final Fantasy VI T Edition, I think is what it's called. T Edition? Yes, yeah. this is uh, this is a uh, well-known uh, Japanese... Uh, uh, ROM hack of oh, the game. Oh, it became which, translated uh, yeah, into English. Also, yeah. yeah, which oh, just okay. recently got translated into English. So, and, like, it's actually got two, uh, two patches, because the second uh, patch, it's like, it's uh, one that you can patch in once you're at endgame, and it basically creates a whole new postgame for six nets. Yeah, I um, see. Uh, I see screenshots uh, of them fighting Ultimisha and Cloud of Darkness on this page. That's impressive. Uh, maybe I'll play that at some point in my life. I don't know when that's going to happen, but that'd be cool to do. We should do a let's play of uh, Final Fantasy VI, but like modded in some crazy way. I want to fight Ultimisha with a chainsaw. That sounds fun. Well, so uh, we so Final Fantasy. Six, the ROM hack community is huge, but with Final Fantasy V, the game we were talking about, oh, yeah. uh, they don't have they don't have as much of a big ROM hack community, but they do have a big challenge community where they say like, oh, you have to get through the game without this certain like uh, without these certain jobs, or you have to like uh, you know they just put on certain like things where it's like you have to get through the game within these like parameters or whatever. And the great thing about Final Fantasy V is there's so many weird abilities in it, and there's so many like random ways to get through the game that like you know you can you can feasibly get through it with all these limitations in place, and it's just like you you end up using abilities that you would think were completely and utterly useless. Like I've been writing pages for these blue magic spells, and half the time I write a page and I think. When the fuck would you ever use this? Like, I was, I was dead ass. I was trying to write the strategy section, thinking, when would I ever use this? But the answer sorry, is, sorry, I, I can't use. Wouldn't. There's like a lot of noise coming from your mic. Yeah, sorry. I, I think I fixed it. Is that better? I, I think so. We'll just yeah, say, sorry, we'll I, just I, say, I, there's a frog that was joining us and has been croaking the entire time. It was scary. Yeah. So sorry, Techno. You were saying about the blue magic. Yeah, so like, because half the time when I was writing pages for blue magic spells, I was just thinking there was no way I would ever use this. And I would write on the page, like, you should use this ability instead. But then I was thinking, like, you know, for certain challenges, those probably are useful. So that's, that's one of the great things about Final Fantasy V is there's just a million and one different ways to break that game open and, like, you know, and, and, defeat all the different challenges it has to offer and that's one of the reasons i think final fantasy 5 has endured despite the fact that the story like you know oh here's another thing i noticed when i replayed the game like uh so the story of the game i always thought it was kind of just silly nonsense and that's all it was is it was it was just a dumb dumb story about with dumb writing and i still think it's a lot of silliness like i still think it's extremely light-hearted but what i also realized like uh, and i may be dumb because i didn't realize this the first time but i also realized is there's some huge environmental themes in this game really like it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of like predates seven which made the same theme 
Because when you think about it, every time they get to a crystal, they're always like, oh, this crystal was fine. And then Sid built a machine to amplify the crystal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because of the machine, the crystal can't handle it. So now the crystal exploded. And then at the very end, you fight. Right. And then at the very end, you fight a giant tree. So what it's kind of saying, yeah. So what it's kind of, it's like, it's making a like a proper like environmental like point in a game from 1993 or so, which this I was, think is pretty commendable. This is something that uh, Square and like uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi were really into in the 90s, because you know you have Final Fantasy yeah. VII with its environmental themes, of course. 1992. Uh, 1992 is when it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Spirits Within has a very big uh, environmental spirit of the earth kind of thing. Uh, there's some babbling yeah. about it in Chrono Cross, which, um, if you could make any sense of it, I think was trying to say something about uh, trying to protect the environment. And uh, Terranigma. Though that's an that's an NX game. Never mind. Um, mm. Yeah, so, I, yeah, you can find those themes in probably most of the Final Fantasy games somewhere baked yeah, in. Yeah, it's just because it's just I didn't, like, when I first played it, I literally just thought, oh, this is a stupid, silly, bland story that makes you laugh a couple times. Like, the time when uh, when X-Death is like, ha ha, I disguised myself as a splinter to yes. infiltrate your lair. And I, <laughs> and I kind of just thought it was just silliness, but now it's like... Oh, it's silliness, but there's also a bit of a theme going on here. It's kind of like an old, like, uh, matter of Britain kind of logic to how Final Fantasy V operates. It feels like something that would happen like Lancelot, where uh, mm. Mordred might have disguised himself as a, as a splinter and it's broken into Camelot's going to kill everybody now. Yeah, the, the <laughs> only thing with Final Fantasy V, the thing I still don't really like too much about the story is, like... Uh, with the exception of Gilgamesh, there's no real character development. No one really has a character arc, so to speak. And there aren't that many moments in it that are especially memorable. But, you know, it's a very fun game, and the reason you will replay it is to figure out the different ways to break it open with an extremely incredible job system. So, yep. very good game. Pixel Remaster is definitely the way to play it now. So... Highly recommend everyone check it out. And remember, if there was no Final Fantasy V, we never would have gotten Bravely Default. We never would have gotten Final Fantasy VI. Oh, do you know what? One last point before we move on from this game. One last point. I didn't realize how many things in Final Fantasy VII were inspired by V. Like, you go through, like, all the different, like, because I've been, I've been writing all the Blue Magic spells, and I didn't realize how many, like, spells would show up in V and then show up in seven and yeah, never yeah. show like, up again. Like White Wing, White Wind, uh, yeah. Big Guard, I know, are both in there. Um, I think those are the yeah, only spells I ever used, those. though. Trine, I think, right, is in there, too. More... Aqualung. Yeah, uh, Trine's not in there. Aqualung there's ones is, like those. Yeah, Aqualung's in there. That's yeah. right. Uh, so, so there's ones like those that are like, uh, they started in five and then they carried on throughout the series after that. But then there are, like, random ones, like, uh, Magic Hammer. The only spells that's ever... The, uh, sorry. The only games that's ever been in are 5 and 7 and uh, 14, apparently. Huh. Oh, 11 as well. Is that, like, an it old was D &D also thing? Magic Hammer was also in 9. Oh, okay. Oh, it was in 9. That's right. That's right. That uh, sounds like yeah, an old D&D &D thing. I gotta well. look that up. 
Magic Hammer. White Wind uh, reappears in 14 as one of Halicarnassus's boss abilities, but I don't think we've really seen it in Final Fantasy games other than that in recent memory. Pretty much every attack in the series has come back in Final Fantasy 14 at this okay, point. Okay, yeah, maybe that doesn't count. I'm thinking of Magic Missile. That's what I'm thinking of. I never played D&D. Uh, Pons Chorus is a spell that's only been a blue magic spell in 5 and 7. It hasn't even... Uh, in 7, it's called Frog Song. There's oh. another one. Like, it's just, it's just you know, these these are things that, like, they didn't even show up in 6 as, like, a lore for Strago. There was, there's just all these things and all these enemies that were, like, would have shown up in 5 and then shown up in 7, and that would have been it. Like... I just I didn't realize how many like gameplay cues seven kind of took from five, and I thought and that was like really interesting to me going back to this game. Yeah, that's around the point in the series with five, six, and seven where they tried to really uh, they had like an interesting focus where every character could kind of learn everything in the game. So you kind of end up with a party yeah. where everyone has roughly the same strategy, but they could all be jacks of all trades, which I kind of like. A lot of uh, RPGs have moved away from that, try to balance things, and you force people to do certain things. But, uh, oh, five, six, seven, and 8. 8, I think, was the last one to do this. Maybe 10, arguably, and 12, I guess. Uh, 10, right. get, 10 get, gets to that point, but 10's weird because you start off, the characters have a very specific role. And then at the end of them, they become a jack of all trades, where they can do what they want. Twelve the actually, twelve actually uh, has evolved beyond this, where the new job system yeah. means that everyone can't do everything. But the original yes, release yeah. did have it that with, way. Yeah, the way they explain it with uh, twelve is that originally they were expecting people to specialize a bit, so that uh, they'd quick, they'd get to uh, you know, the quickenings and espers. Uh, as quickly as possible, but they found that people just slowly filling out the entire board, so they decided, well, fuck it, we're gonna give you a smaller board so you can actually get to the quickenings before endgame. Right. I mean, you... yeah, it makes sense. It's like, they, they didn't originally design it that way, but then they, they sort of had to give people the guardrails to... because that was how the developers had intended it, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, um... Five definitely like was hugely revolutionary for the series from a gameplay mechanics perspective. Like that's when they really started to be much more experimental with things. They decided to really like think outside the box because when you look at four, that's an extremely simplistic game in comparison. Like with four, it's literally just you level up and you learn a spell. It's yeah. just every character does a certain thing. Four is, like, is um, the way I'd put four is like it's extremely measured, like it's extremely controlled. They know exactly yeah. which characters you have and exactly what all the characters can do at all points. Uh, three, of course, was more diverse than that. So five is, you know, an evolution on three. Yeah, that's right. Like three is when they started it and five is when they dialed it up to 11. Yeah. Do we have yeah, uh, the style of... Yeah, go. The style of four did not return to the series until like, like uh, Final Fantasy nine, I'd say. And even with nine, like even with nine, it's a much more like complex version than what happened with four, because there's more to it where you have to like, oh, I need to find the right like uh, equipment pieces 
to learn the right abilities. It's still, it's still much more involved than, oh, let me just level grind to have the right spell that I need. Yeah, you, you won't be forced to use Tella for 12 hours in Final Fantasy IX. Thank God. Not a fan of Tella. I'm sorry. I, I know he's doing his best, but your best cannot be losing stats when you level up. I'm sorry, dude. It's just yep. it's unacceptable. He was, he it's was hard not, out here. He character. Sometimes we got to be real with old people, and you know what? You can't be on the front lines, dude. Uh, we should probably... Um, what should we do now? Uh, we should talk about some of the news, right? Okay. The news for the yeah, month of I... October. Um, let's look. What's our uh, first? Isn't the stuff we already looked at? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. A few things like that. With, um, let's start off with some news that a lot of us are not going to be very happy about, and I know I'm kind of annoyed by this, and I even play this game. So Square Enix announced their earnings report, and they said Neo Tweiwei underperformed. It's like, dude. You didn't market it. What do you expect? You just drop it out in the middle of nowhere. No one knows that it exists. And then you're like, oh, this game underperformed. We're never doing this again. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Neo, the world ends with you, specifically, is what's underperformed. Uh, I played it, and yeah. I loved it. Everyone should play that game. Uh, it is available on Switch and PlayStation 5 and 4. Apparently, I'm the only one who knew it was on PlayStation, because I'm, like, the only person that right. bought it there. Uh, right, yeah, exactly. that game underperformed. Um, they uh, they had a few excuses for why their sales were less this year. That's really what the main point of the earnings report was. Uh, this was a down year for them across a few things because, you know, Final Fantasy VII didn't come out this year. And uh, Final Fantasy XIV got delayed, I guess, beyond mm. what they originally had planned and also has been delayed another two weeks, so... It's coming out December 7th. Sorry, just dropped that one in there. Uh, third. It's, uh, well, it... it's out next week. Oh, uh, oh, sorry. I thought it was out uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Sorry. Um, uh, I mean, pretty much it's a MMO expansion, so it's pretty much all all relying on pre-orders, which, uh, get, which unlock a few days early. Yeah, I have, the I have a stat for is us a total here. formality. Yeah, the uh, total sales last year were uh, 1.5 billion, and this year seemed to be 1.49 billion. I guess that's their total revenue for the entire company of Square Enix. Mm, yeah, that's that sounds about right. So that's enormous, though. Don't... That's that's an insane amount of money. I had no idea they were making they that much money was passing through this just one company. Jesus. Well, that's that's probably like I think uh, a huge amount of that is going to come from the MMOs and the gotcha games. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of sales of actual physical games, like I don't want to say it's insignificant, but it's not like um, it's not the reason why they're reaching 1.5 billion yen on its own. No, no, it is it is quite a lot. Um, this year, uh, the sales. I'm I'm going off a report on Anime News Network, though they're just okay. quoting the report, so I'm guessing these stats are correct. Uh. The yeah. uh, major releases this year sold 350 million versus last year, which was 513 million. So that'll be most of what the difference right. was. Uh, smart devices were 551 million versus last year's 563 million. So that's not that different. I gotta ask, how much of the was Guardians of the Galaxy? How much of the sales? Probably uh, not that many, yeah. considering this is a November that would report. Be, uh... 
Yeah, that's uh, released too soon to be part of any earnings report. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I will say, from what I've seen in the earnings report, the, the last time uh, that uh, Square Enix is, you know, uh, you know traditional uh, single-player uh, single game, uh, th that category of games was able to compete in earnings with the uh, online and mobile departments, uh, was the quarter when Seven Remake came out? That yeah, right. uh, that during that time it spiked to be like I think even a bit better than the, than the, uh, than the cool. online, which um, no is surprise. kind of expected, really. Yeah, and I then feel... of course uh, they managed to piss away all of the man piss away the uh, the uh, gross uh, hum of that. Um, by how much of a fucking disaster Marvel's Adventures was. Because mm. mm. uh, yeah, I, yeah. I thought Guardians of the Galaxy, could, like, uh, I thought, considering what it was, it was extremely good. Like, I mean... It's on sale now. It was now. kind of repetitive. Like, uh, the gameplay was alright, I guess. But Guardians, the, the writing of it, the storytelling, like... That was much better than I expected it to be. Like, did I'm, you play it? I was extremely happy with it. Yeah, I did. I finished okay. it. Oh wow! All right. Yeah, I, I thought it's it's a really it's really really good. It's like everything you like or anything people like about the films is in this game, and like as far as the gameplay goes, it's like um, it's not bad. It just it gets a little repetitive later on, but you keep going for it just because you know the story is kind of fascinating and you want to see where that's going. So yeah, I thought but, it was extremely good. I was very happy with it. I think the best-selling Guardians of the Galaxy still wasn't going to manage to hit what Final Fantasy VII Remake did, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed, agreed. Like, the, uh, and that's why it was kind of. I think it was like the problem is it it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when they had their big like event. I think it was it must have been E3 or something, and they said, "Oh, this is the Square Enix event," and then they spent all of their time on Guardians. When it's like, all right, but people are here for Final Fantasy 16, yep. <laughs> or for like one of your other Japanese games. They're not here for. No, Neo, and the world ends with you. Trailer in that show. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, uh, swinging back to the uh, Neo, the world ends with you stuff. Um, uh, in a lot of, for a lot of like the post uh, E3 stuff, uh, a lot of that marketing stuff. Um, Go say well. What uh, uh, what else could they do? Because the social media game, uh, uh, the social media coverage uh, from Square Enix's uh, accounts and stuff on there was actually pretty big, and they it's a uh, 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 influencer stuff down. Well, they were giving out a lot of uh, streamer codes and such. Um, but yeah, the main problem is that E3 uh, felt like it was uh, it was written by some Eidos guy who who is offended at the very notion that uh, the parent company still makes video games. <laughs> well, I mean, we did get uh, "We're here to kill chaos." Mm, that was pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I hate I absolutely vehemently hate how excited I am for that game. It looks so incredibly stupid. I'm, but I'm shocked so that you're excited for it. 
It's so it's so I'm incredibly not. fucking melodramatic and stupid. That is, but I'm, okay. I'm so here for it. Yeah, so, so just so, so that people here. at home understand what's going on, we have a fifth person that's just randomly <laughs> popping in, and I can't stop this from happening. <laughs> They're just showing up. So that hey. that's Hex to so, just yeah, talk. It's, it's, <laughs> It's it's me. It's hexed. I'm dropping in and out because I'm muted because I'm playing video games at the same time. So <laughs> maybe I'm playing Shin Megami Tensei Five on mute. Here. Who knows? You don't know what I'm doing last with my hands amazing. right now. Okay. I just want to. I just want to make one last real quick point on Guardians before we make we go to the next news item, and uh. that's just to say that like the dialogue system in this game is something that I really think the 7 Remake can actually learn a lot from. Because this is, like, my ideal dialogue system uh, in the game, where it's, like, you give the player a ton of choice that can affect a lot of outcomes, that can affect the way certain characters behave towards you and can change how the playthrough goes, but you don't, like, make it so that, like, so that the character has no personality. So what I mean by that is, like, I feel like a lot of games, when they have a lot of dialogue choices, uh, and they give you choice, is, like, uh, they kind of they kind of forget to give that character any development or personality towards them. Like, if you think of, like, Commander Shepard in, like, Mass Effect, for instance, you know, Commander Shepard is not a character. Commander Shepard is just... You, He's a character avatar, avatar of what you are, yeah. It's not a character, but Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy, Star-Lord is a character. At the same time, it's your Star-Lord, you know? So okay. when you as the player say, I'm siding with Gamora over Drax on this situation, and then you choosing to side with Gamora changes the whole way this next mission goes, and then it affects a mission later down the line, right? But it still feels like what Dra what Star Lord says to Gamora is still something Star Lord would say, and he still has a character arc in this game. Yeah, right? this is uh, something but Witcher like, Three did very well with Geralt, where you could yeah, role play, Witcher but you're still within the parameters really of Geralt. Great, yeah, it's another really great example of that is Witcher Three, and yeah. I feel like I feel like Cloud, obviously Cloud in the original Final Fantasy Seven kind of started this in a way because you know you feel like like the dialogue options they give you as cloud are things that um are things that allow him to still have a, a character while still being your cloud so for instance like if you go to fort condor as tifa or sid then and then the Fort condor people ask you like oh do you want to help out then Tifa or Sid, they won't give you a choice. They just say, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna help out for Condor," and then you do the mission anyway. When you when you go there as Cloud, you get the choice to say no, fuck off, or to say yes, I want to go there. And Would Cloud because, say fuck you know, off though? Cloud, he doesn't. No, he says not interested. Okay, <laughs> like, right. which is basically fuck off. But like, so but you get the choice to say not interested when you're Cloud in that in that situation because Cloud could say not interested or he could say all right fine let's help out you know so i think i really hope the net the future parts for seven remake take a lot from guardians in that respect because did the dialogue think right and i hope that i hope that they carry this on because i right. i feel like um Seven remake the first part we got we didn't get as much dialogue choice as we did the original game 
All right. Uh, so who did uh, you uh, take to Gold Saucer on your date? Did you get uh, Rocket Raccoon or Drax? <laughs> um, well, I, I, I chose to sell Groot instead of selling Rocket. Okay. But that's not really the same thing. Uh, let's get back, I guess, on topic-ish. Oh, crap, I lost the thing. Um, oh, now I remember what I want to talk about. Uh, NFTs. That was another thing that was in Square Nexus earning report. Do we have to talk about NFTs? We have to, I have to at least mention it, because they brought it up. kill every single NFT, bro? No, we cannot kill all of them, but we hopefully will one day live in a world that does not have NFTs again. We do not endorse the mass genocide of all the people that are into NFTs and crypto. And please do not ask me questions oh, about... <laughs> My T-shirt that says I do Wait, not endorse do not genocide endorse of NFT bros. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, the NFT news, please. Yes, my T-shirt answers all of the questions. Please stop asking me questions about genocide of NFT bros. <sighs> so uh, that was there. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, some. Sorry, I need to catch my breath a little bit. Let's see, what other news bits we had? Oh, I already mentioned that Final Fantasy XIV was delayed two weeks. Uh, it's a shame, whatever. Um, Final Fantasy XV, which we'll get back to in a second, has hit 9.5 million copies and is now the fourth best-selling video game in the series. That's impressive. Sorry, which one was that? Uh, Final Fantasy XV, XV. The one with uh, okay. Noctis um, and other people, I guess. I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised by this. I just think 7 Remake, when it releases to other platforms, will probably surpass it. Another weird bit of news is that there's a new manga coming out. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV spin-off manga series Academia Eorzea in Japan. It's about... Yeah, I, was, I saw that and I was like... What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they're, a... <laughs> they're making Boku no Hero Academia Final Fantasy XIV version for some it, reason. It's about the school lives of Alpha but... Naud, Ali Sace, and other Final Fantasy XIV characters. Am I pronouncing that right? I don't even know. Alpha Naud and Oh, it's French. Okay, it's French. They, yes. They, their backstory is they went to like magical ultra Harvard, so it's not completely out of the realm of crazy town that, that Square Enix is coming out with this new manga. This yeah. is uh, done by. This Ma is probably. Yep. An alternate universe based on that one time they did this as an April Fool's joke. Okay. Um, although, if it is real, I do think we do finally deserve to see. Uh, the story that has been told in Final Fantasy XIV about how Alpha No learnt art so he could pick up chicks. <laughs> um, manga artist is Amachi Asura, which I don't think I'm pronouncing correctly either. Uh, I don't know if they've done other manga before. Uh, there is a sketch of these two characters who frankly look exactly the same to me, but uh, one is dressed like a boy and one is dressed like a girl. So... Have fun with those genders, you crazy kids. Yep. That's probably who they are. I, I don't know anything about Final Fantasy fourteen except for there's a hot villain with a scythe now. So that is very important that uh, we yeah, cover Zanos that. Oh yeah, Xenos has a scythe now. Yep. Yep. Good for him. 
Uh, he also has a new costume, which looks awesome. Uh, is that all the news? I feel like I'm missing something. Um... <laughs> I, I think we did already mention that oh. Endwalker got the light next week, so... Uh... Yeah, oh, here we are. Uh, there was yeah, a... There's another data leak that happened. This is the GeForce Now leak, which includes various... I'm guessing these are, like, placeholder release dates... But they are claims of when these things are coming out. So the claim is that Final Fantasy VII Remake is or was at some point planned to come out on June 1st of 2022. Uh, Dragon Quest XII for January 1st, 2023. Final Fantasy XVI, March 1st, 23. Uh, and this is the second time I think we've heard this. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster claimed for February 1st, 2022. So there is a lot of smoke Around Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster, that might actually be a real thing. I think it's a real thing. Like, yep. I'm just going to be honest. I think it just makes way too much sense for them as a company to remaster that game. I think the same for Final Fantasy IX Remake. I think that's real. Like, uh, and I'm excited for both of them. I think these are games that definitely need to be played by more people and put in front of more people. So, Techno, did your mic get more quiet? Or, I don't know. Maybe no, I was just further away from the mic. I can okay. repeat that if you want. No, no, no. no. Away from the I, mic to breathe in. You know but what? Anyway, everyone knows what I'm, a freaking Looney Tunes healthy helter skelter piece of crap podcast this is. So you know what? Why do? <laughs> why even bother doing the audio editing at this point? You know what? Yeah. So like, <laughs> like, I don't believe Tactics Remaster exists. If it does, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I also don't believe in anything. Like, okay, yeah. Well, how, nihilism, nihilism helps sometimes. Again, uh, that's next year, I think, is still. I, 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 yeah, the game's coming out next year, but like, there, there, presumably, people had thoughts on the demo. And if, oh, if, 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 if people, if people really liked the demo, then it, it makes sense that Square Enix would, you know, try to capitalize that and be like, "Here, use the tactics remaster." So there's also there's Tactics Remaster and the other one is War of the of the Visions, which is basically uh it's it's clearly trying very hard to be a Final Fantasy Tactics spiritual successor as a gotcha game. Yeah, there are a ton of indie uh, Final Fantasy Tactics successors, including the Unsung Story Kickstarter, which I put twenty bucks in eight years ago and still have not gotten a video game out of. Um, you know, maybe one day that'll come out, but uh, who knows? But I feel like there's a new uh, yeah, Final Fantasy I Tactics think... remaster game every six months, like a new indie version of it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I I think overall there is probably some kernel of truth in here somewhere because uh, it'd be really weird if uh, was as Nvidia uh, made up a bunch of stuff about uh, uh, part about uh, yeah, partners' IPs. Uh, just completely made that shit up. I assume the dates are a bit of bullshit, uh, not only because uh, a couple of the ones mentioned were blatant placeholders, and also, um, you know, with 16, we do expect a PC version to be happening eventually, just because, I mean, the initial reveal they accidentally included also available in PC mm. in the yep. ad that was uh, in the live stream version. Uh, but yeah, because Sony's got an exclusivity deal locked out on that. That's probably not until at least a year after the PlayStation 5 version releases. 
Yeah. I hope Final Fantasy 16 comes out. My heart's getting broken slowly every month we go by with nothing to report. I don't know, like, like, uh, I don't know how you haven't gotten used to Square Enix taking so long to release games at this Look, point. I, I, I have been a fan of theirs longer than I have. Okay, I'm also a Denver Broncos fan, and this year oh, I was okay. not expecting a lot. But then, the first three games they won, and I'm like, oh god, this is it. All my pessimism, you got to throw it away. And then with Final Fantasy 16, okay. we get a trailer that looks like, hey, this thing's like done. Like this looks like a game game. And then a year passes, mm. and there's nothing else. And you know, the Broncos are now six and five, and no, five and six. And uh, yeah, I, Dude, my so heart I, just breaks too fast. Uh, I just so now actually understand this sport. Now, did you watch the Cowboys game yesterday? Uh, no. Um, I, I okay. don't care at all we, about the Cowboys. We, we I watched very, half of it. Fair enough. We got very, very close. We didn't win. It was unfortunate. Fuck the Cowboys. The Cowboys are frauds. They lost the, they lost the overtime. Complete frauds. That's what they are. I, I actually watched the Bears-Lions game, and that kind of uh, sapped my energy for football the entire day. Uh, all I right. have to support Cowboys. I'm a Texan. No, you don't. You do not. You do no, not dude. need to do that. You can do I anything else. Actually, I was contractually obligated when I came here that you have to support the Cowboys and you have to support the Spurs. Okay, I live, like, within five miles of where the Jets and Giants play. I do not support either one of those teams. Okay. I've lived by them my entire <laughs> life, and they both suck, and I don't want anything to do with them. So, so anyway, back to... Um, Square Enix news. Uh, what's the next news item? I think that was the last one. I don't oh, think I have okay. anything All else. Alright, are we, are we going to roast Final Fantasy XV now? I guess we should. Um, let me uh, let me just find out. When was Final Fantasy XV's exact five-year anniversary? When did that game originally come out? I'm just I'm looking it up right now. Uh, I Final remember Fan there was a huge thing about them changing the release date. Uh, Final Fantasy XV's original release date was, I have it here, uh, November 29th, 2016. So I did say November 29th. Yeah, um, sorry. Uh, so when this podcast comes out, it will actually be the five-year anniversary of Final Fantasy XV. I might actually post it on that mm. very day. So uh, mm. it's been five long, glorious years of Final Fantasy XV. Um it was, I think, the very first podcast episode we did, or the second one, where we were talking about our reactions to that game, and I believe uh, everyone was pretty mixed, and it I thought the game second. sucked. Um, and, yeah, uh, it was, so, it was literally, like, uh, I, uh, I embarrassingly took the side Pro 15. <laughs> Basically, it was, um, this was how the podcast was back in those days. It was, Scathe was the middleman. And he was like the one down the middle. You hated the thing. Yep. And I was pro the thing. Right. Didn't even finish so, it. Still uh, haven't. <laughs> yep. Um. Like so. Basically, uh, I was pro fifteen back then, and like uh, in some ways, I think uh, there's a respect about at least what the game was trying to accomplish. And there's still things that, like, uh, I look back on, like, oh, that wasn't bad. 
But the thing is, like, since I have played that game, I've only, it's only, like, slipped away from my memory. And that's a little worrying because I platinumed this game. Wow, I 100%ed this game. Oh, I did. I 100%ed this game. And I couldn't tell you anything about the story. <laughs> like, uh, I could barely tell you. All I can tell you about the whole game is the strategy I used to defeat the super boss. Oh, the right? giant turtle guy. Yeah, yeah, it was and like, and and when I fought the super boss, that's what it was. It was, it was literally just find the way to make the to make the boss be defeated as quickly as possible because otherwise it's going to take hours and i managed to defeat it in about 20 minutes or so that's very but, impressive like <laughs> yeah i managed to defeat it in 20 minutes and but yeah so that's the thing is like um uh i, I think i'll let someone else talk first before i go into it but like basically i was like uh, i was happy with the game at the time and now i barely remember it yeah uh, Cat use. You want to give your thoughts? Okay. I mean, I ha- I have not played 15. I didn't know this was going to be a 15 podcast when I signed up for this. Okay. <laughs> I think I must. I mentioned Great. it. Oh. I did it. I. I mean, I wasn't reading the penguins. Okay. Well, what, what's very important is now that the fullness of time has passed. You know, at this point, you know the hot takes have all cooled. And the game has kind of hit a moment of where it might be in history. You know, these things sort of solidify. So as a neutral and objective observer, what do you think of Final Fantasy XV then? How, how do I think it fits into history, the history of uh, gaming and the history of media? Um, to be honest, it seems like nobody really cares <laughs> I, I i don't want to have like a super negative I, I, it seems like nobody hates it right. it's not like star wars or some shit right it doesn't That's, have like yeah. a hate them community but it, it doesn't seem like it's really been as it doesn't seem like it's like the final fantasy 7 remake where people are just like talking about how amazing of an experience it was i don't know that's just what it seems like from the outside right i th- i think i can mostly concur with that like uh with the so what I should say is it did have a hate them community at the time. It, like, yeah, it, it definitely did. It's just those people all got bored. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, whereas 13, like, I think 13's hate them community lasted much longer than 15's did. I'm still in there, baby. We could go on Final <laughs> Fantasy 13 if you want to. Let's <laughs> still oh, feel that go. passion. I mean, we could, we could, I think we could compare them a little bit. I feel like, uh, I feel like with 15, like, uh, there were people, like, I re- so I vividly remember, like, uh, a lot of people took uh, a similar arc with 15 that I did, where, like, uh, there were, there are still plenty of, like, content creators who will have their reviews of 15 up, where you look at the time, and they said, oh, 15 is great, I'm so happy with how it turned out, and I had a lot of fun playing it, and then they'll release a video two or three years later and be like, actually, this game kind of sucked, like, actually, I'm not happy with it at all. You know, and like, you know, and the game does have a community of people that did like that enjoyed it at the time, still enjoy it to this day, and they still have things they like about it. And, you know, all power to you, because honestly, mate, like, you know, if you could find enjoyment in something, even if I didn't, you know, all power to you. Like, you know, if if you can find an enjoyment in something that I couldn't, then that's great. That's great for you. But what I feel like with 15 is i feel like uh 
a lot of people who said, oh, 15 and third, like, because uh, there were people who would defend 15 by saying, oh, everyone just hates every new Final Fantasy that ever comes out. Like, they hated 13, they hated 12, they hated whatever. And 15 is only gets unfair criticism because they hate the new ones and, they do, and they're just too nostalgic for the old ones. And I just think that's completely the wrong take. And my reasoning yep. for that is when 15 came out, like it had a somewhat muted reaction where there were people who loved it and have either gone off it or some people still love it. There were people who hated it and have gotten bored, as you said, have gotten bored of hated it, hating it. Whereas when 13 came out, there was article after article about how JRPGs are dead. And that just didn't happen with 15. Like the reaction 13 got, 15 just didn't get that. To be fair, I would not trust any uh, any gaming news site's coverage of, uh, of Japanese games in that era because yeah. that was the collective era where every single games journalist had decided that they no longer liked Japan. Right. Like that was that, more of a 2010 is... era. I think that had kind of cooled yeah. by 2016. Like, yeah. 2016 yeah, is going into the dark. Um, yeah, like, I mean, the era of uh, 13 and a lot of people hating it. There's also the era of that uh, one very infamous uh, near review uh, with uh, one, I think it was one of the. Uh, McElroy brothers who did a review for Polygon and it was basically this game fucking sucks because I can't figure out where to uh, do the fishing he just this fished one in the wrong quest. spot <laughs> he just fished yeah. in the wrong and spot and I believe the I believe the remake actually the, the, the remake for modern consoles actually if you do try to fish in that spot repeatedly the game will just go ah fuck it and give give it to you anyway <laughs> no 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 what actually actually i did the exact thing that he did in the remake i was fishing like five times i'm like why can't i find this fucking fish so then i just looked it up it's like no you got to walk over here you got to go through the cave and on that other beach that's where you got to fish so very simply yeah. i think final fantasy 15 is the fallout 4 of jrpgs Ooh, good comparison People love it on release and then they just start to see all of the problems with it soon after. I so uh, so as someone who doesn't play WRPGs, do you mind elaborating for ignorant people like me? Okay. So Fallout 4 was promised as very big, very ambitious in true Bethesda fashion, showing off all these new systems, yada yada. You, you know the whole kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. And it basically just kind of fell flat in every single way possible. That's okay. the kind of comparison I have. Um, it's also a very interesting comparison because they came out at about the same time. I bought them literally in the same transaction and I had the exact same reaction to both of them. So it's like a one-for-one -one comparison for me. Yeah, I remember you played 15 and you just couldn't get into it at all after like two hours or so. That yeah, like I tried playing mostly. it for like two or three hours mm. and just could not get it. I just could not get it, like at all. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, as the guy who is allegedly doing uh, Final Fantasy Wiki plays Final Fantasy 15, I suppose I actually have to say something. 
You do. And yeah, part part of it is you know losing its luster over time, but overall there are some things to like in in that game. And like I said at the beginning of that let's play, I like this game, but it's it's a mess. Um, and like the sense of exploration, uh, I still like uh, the party, uh, the party member character interactions. Those are still really good, uh, but you know, like the story is barely there, and it's so unfinished that that Tabata left and had to uh, comprise the like the last uh, uh, three chapters of DLC into a book. Um, the the characters outside of the party, uh, outside of the party, and Arden are barely there. Yep. Um, like for for instance, the death of uh, uh, what's the name, Luna. It's such a nothing moment. Like, right. she, it's she's like supposed to be. She's supposed to be one of the leads. Right. Uh, and you basically feel nothing about the fact that a large amount of the story is supposed to revolve around her and that you know she she dies trying to help Noctis you know attain his goals just just the story the story is pretty crap um yeah. and the other thing is that the battle system is terrible mm-hmm. like like there is no there is no sugarcoating that there is no qualifi- qualifiers there because you know the while it's normal for Final Fantasy to have a bunch of uh, you know, set dressings that you don't really need to interact with if you want to get through it, um, 15, the set dressings are so out of the way that you don't even need to pretend you can interact with them. Like, you don't really need to... You don't even need to really know warp strikes exist mm. to play the game. It is literally... A matter of hold I think it's circle until someone does a blo- a parryable attack and then you hold square for a second instead it, it is that much of a nothing and yeah that's that's eventually going to be the big problem about it this is a this is a JRPG most of your time in the game is going to be in combat and most of the time you're in combat you're just holding down one button yep it's it's it is in effect a nothing game well it's kind of worse than that because the combat like most jrpgs what you're hitting is x and the d-pad is what it is so it's like not mechanically intense but in this game there's not really like decisions that you make that are interesting at any level it's not even as basic as pick a elemental defense and kind of break that go and throw fire at the ice enemy in this game it's just uh, you kind of attack for a little while, then you got to go and teleport onto a thing, so then you can go restore your MP, then you can jump back in. It's like a very simple cycle, and you just do that over you're and over again, and every fight is the same. Plot. Every single you're fight is the same. evolving plot is when you have to, uh, when you have to gather the little things to put together your, like, your magic bomb, and then you use the magic bomb once in the fight, and then you're done. I don't even know what you're referring very, to. Very it's... simply, very simply, Final Fantasy 15 should have been Dragon's Dogma, if it wanted combat to be its combat to be interesting or good. There's, like, it's possible to make action JRPG combat like feel like you're like actually taking actions and doing stuff. Like, 
And Square is actually quite good at this. Like, look at how good Kingdom Hearts is. Seven yep. Remake. I haven't I'm played Seven Hearts. Remake. You gotta play Seven um, Remake or you're not allowed on the podcast ever again. <laughs> and, uh, okay. and 16 looks like it's just straight up trying to be Devil May Cry. So, yeah, th that is the direction that, I mean, if they are going in an action direction, which, you know, they are, that is kind of the direction that they have to go. I feel like, uh, so the the other thing the other thing we should mention about 15 uh that i don't think we brought up yet is like uh the final fantasy 15 has changed significantly since it came out where originally you could only play as noctis and now there are three people you can play as right i think there's multiplayer and now isn't there there's multiplayer as well i think it might have shut down by this point oh god but, damn it never mind um, that <laughs> I haven't heard credit. anything about it shutting down. So. Oh, okay, so it's still going. So you can still play 15 comrades. But anyway, so... That, that 15... did have single-player single player compatibility anyway, so... 215's credit, the, uh, the four party members do play differently, right? Like, they do feel differently when you play them. But most people at this point just say, well... Why would I ever play Noctis when these other guys are way more interesting? Like, so like, Prompto has his different guns that you can use. Then Gladio has a few different combat moves with his sword. And then Ignis is like a, a little bit closer to what you were describing, Blue, with the whole, oh, you can charge his weapons, the elements for his weapons and stuff. And uh, like, I don't know. even know which so, one is which anymore. Like, which one of the four boys uh, so, assigns oh, right, to so, which? Noctis is the main geezer. I know, I know. Uh, Prompto is the blonde. I'm, I'm kidding, actually. <laughs> Gladio is the massive guy. And, okay. Oh, it's, I was so disappointed, dude. Like, Gladio was my favorite one. And they go, yo, we're going to do his DLC. And he's going to fight Gilgamesh. And I was like, oh my god, it's going to be my favorite part of the game. And then Gilgamesh was boring as fuck. He was just like and a ghost guy, And the whole episode right? was the weakest one. It was the weakest one. I was so upset. <laughs> I was so upset. Your accent's coming back. You're so upset. I not even have eight arms. I'm disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I got to give my thoughts on this game. Because it, it's starting to eat my chest. Okay. Like I feel, um, I feel it building like a balloon. I have to go and say what I, what I need to say about this game. Um, All right, but, go for it. This feels like a game that was never finished. That's kind of my final yes. thoughts on it. Even with all the work that went into it and all the revisions and everything else, it feels like a game that's like barely complete. And it feels like at some point, we know we know the development history. So we know that Tetsuya Nomura had some kind of vision for this thing and it was impossible in some way or he couldn't find it. Yeah. He couldn't find the fun in the concept. So they pushed it on to Hajime Tabata who I remember in early releases of this game, like the demos, he would release it. And even he, when he released it, was like, I don't know what this is. Can you guys help me out? I need some fan feedback. Just try to help me find the fun in whatever this thing is. And they never found it. They just never did. The game is just depressingly dull. Like, it just... There's just I nothing... Personally... Sorry, uh, what? I personally found the episode the Sky demo. I personally found that more fun than the main game. Oh wow! I agree. Like I, cause like I, I feel like when when they made that demo, I was like, oh, okay, 
you know, they're in early stages of this and they have the potential to make it pretty good. And instead, they didn't really like, they didn't really go much from there. Yeah, that's at all, that, really. that's what's so weird Wait, about it because. Sorry, I, I have to I have to keep going. I'm gonna be a bully yeah, about this. What's so weird <laughs> about that is like this is one of the things like one of the telltale issues I have with this game is in the Dusky demo and I think the final version, the Behemoth quest is the only quest in the game that feels like completed. It feels like there's and a that's the one from episode <laughs> Yes, it's the it, there's a beginning, middle, and end. There's a build up. There's a structured story that the quest is mm. telling. It leads to surprising moments and twists where the behemoth shows up where you don't expect it and you have a fight. And that feels like an authored, impressive, completed event and nothing else in the game feels like that. You could play for 10 oh, hours man. just driving around oh, doing man. pointless nothing quests for nothing NPCs at these nothing towns where everything looks the same and it's just like it just felt like they had no idea other than we have to make it big. It has to be massive. It has to be visually impressive and physically overwhelming in terms of size. And even then, despite how big the map is and how much shit there's in it, like I played for maybe 12 hours and I think I was three quarters of the way through the game without even realizing it. It just it just mm. is not up to par like, of what a Final Fantasy game should be. And it is, like, it is depressing gonna, and gonna, uninteresting. Mm -hmm. So I think SEM asked us something to say before before I get to my next thing. Right. Okay. So yeah, the this guy gameplay feeling better than the main game. So I mentioned earlier that a lot of like yeah, don't even have to pretend that you're supposed to interact with them. Uh, this guy, that's not actually the case. In this guy, that there, there are two big big changes that I think that got dropped in the main game that I think made the game feel a lot better. The first is uh, how weapons worked. So in the main game, you've got four weapon slots and you and you press uh, press you know, on the D-pad to change your weapon and you know, move set is based entirely on what weapon you have equipped and such. In Episode the Sky, you only had one combo, but your combo was based on not only what weapons you had equipped, but in in which order you had equipped them. So you had five weapon slots, and the auto combo would always start with the weapon that you had in the first slot, progress through the second, third, fourth, and on the fifth. And you know, there's not much opportunity to do with it for there in that demo, but it feels like a more engaging idea than what they ended up having. And the big one, in Episode of the Sky, weapons had skills that you could spend MP on and do shit with. Wow, this is... I never played this demo, but I'm getting upset hearing it because the final combat has so little choice to it. I'm going to bring up a, like uh, one other thing. I think this was my biggest disappointment with Final Fantasy XV, and the, I think this may be the reason why it didn't resonate with me anymore. The character I really liked, the only character I really liked was Arden. I think Arden is, I still think Arden is the best part of the game's writing. I think he's a tremendous totally villain. Is. I think he gets, yeah, he gets plenty of great moments. He's got a great hat. Yeah, I think Arden, he, he does have a great hat. But I think the worst part of this game by far 
characters are so underdeveloped, especially the female characters. Like, like one, I feel like, you know, there's three. There's Sid, there's Sydney, sorry, who's, or Cindy, as she was uh, translated over here, who, you know, gets basically nothing to do. Nope. Like, Cindy just get, gets nothing. Other oh, than, wait, there's four. Here's this weird... She grinds on a car. I'm, I'm remembering now. She wait, did. wait, no, there's five. There's five female characters. There's Sydney, there's Stella... No, I'm sorry. There's uh, Ludafreya. Yeah. There's Ludafreya's like butler, black-haired girl who turns out to be Shiva. Yep. There's one of the characters' little sisters, and there's Dragoon Lady. Uh, uh, it's Gladio's sister. That's yep. correct. And the and Aranea, like so, everyone goes, "Oh, Aranea is the best part of the game." Blah 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 blah. And like, yeah, she's got a great design, and she's pretty cool in her little interactions. Now, where's the character development? Not Where's there. the backstory? Not Where's there. anything? There's nothing that, and they were gonna put it in this DLC episode that never released. They never released the DLC, so it's like, so it's like, ah, uh, and and the reason why it's so annoying and upsetting to me is because I mentioned earlier how they actually did a pretty decent job of making it so that the other playable characters all feel different, right? Do you know one of my favorite things about Seven Remake that that has in Spades and this game doesn't? Is that you have such a like completely different set of people that all feel and play different, yep. and you know there's, there's such a great party dynamic going on there. And it's not that there's a bad dynamic going on with fifteen. You know, it's kind of cool because in in some ways it does give you like a more nuanced viewpoint of masculinity, and it's cool that you know these guys get to hang out on their little right. But dudes then being dudes, the rest. Of yeah, like that part is all kind of cool, but that's all there is in the game. There's nothing else yep. because the other female characters barely have anything to do, and they just don't. They just don't do a great job with it. They don't give people development. They don't give people backstory, and that's why that's why this game is so like. It's so upsetting to me because when I look at things in the lore and when I look at things that they were trying to accomplish, I do feel like they could have made something really interesting and that would be really good. They didn't. They no. just, they failed fundamentally. Like, just because of, uh, like, whether it's, I think it's because of all the development troubles, maybe. I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is just not very good direction. Like, I think people were unclear on it. Like, you know, they, they just, I don't know. But they they failed with the characterization. They failed with the characters. And, you know, it's, it's really upsetting that we can only, there's a few things we can point to in this game where they're like, oh, that's really good. Wish that was in a better game. Yeah. You know, it just kind of sucks. So I guess our opinion has not changed in the last five years then, ultimately. No, no my opinion has done a total 180. <laughs> like, because my, because I think, so when I did the original podcast, I've gone back and rewatched it. Like, huh. uh, my original take on this was uh, that I was happy with it because I thought it was a good template for a game going forward, right? I thought it wasn't there yet. It wasn't what it should be. But it's a great thing that to build on it later. And I no longer think this. And the reason I no longer think that 
It's just because I feel like it doesn't, it didn't matter how many extra years, extra development it got. You know, when you make decisions like, oh, we're only gonna have this all male cast of characters and that's gonna be the whole game is just that little road trip. You know, when you make decisions like that and when you make decisions like, oh, the combat system is gonna be this and there's gonna be no complexity other than, hey, here's a grenade you can throw once. You know, when you make decisions like that, it's kind of, you're kind of limiting yourself in how interesting you can make this game. Like, even if every single quest was like the episode Dusuke quest, which we've all agreed is the best one. Even if every single side quest was like that, I just don't think it would be that compelling or that interesting of a game. If... Like, I, I don't feel like it would amount to anything that, like, approaches the level of a mainline Final Fantasy game, you know? I just, I don't see, I don't see how you get something that's as memorable as, like, 10 with with uh with that whole story or as memorable as 12 with all its like uh you know this fascinating gameplay mechanics and all the like you know the political story that happened there i don't see how you live up to that i would like to just say like making video games is extremely difficult and a lot of times when you're trying yeah. something radically new sometimes you know what seems like great ideas on paper just don't come together and it becomes, in many ways, an unsolvable problem. And, you know, a lot of video games, they manage to overcome those issues. There's brilliant design that goes into them. And you'd never know that there were any difficulties at all. It just feels so natural. Like, it was the easiest thing in the world for you to go and make something like Final Fantasy, let's say, 10, Or, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen in its newest form. You wouldn't even know that that game had so much trouble going into it. Even Final Fantasy thirteen, as much as, like... I personally have a lot of difficulties with it. It feels like a coherent, finished design on a certain level, and 15 just doesn't have that. It just feels like a game they were never able to solve the problem of. But, um, you know, they did their best, and they kept going years probably past the point they should have, and you know what? They sold a shit ton of copies, so it kept the series alive. It did. For them to keep making newer and better games. And they went on to, you know, with Final Fantasy VII Remake, they they solved many of the problems, as you said, that they had with fifteen. They were actually able to find a way to combine JRPG combat and, uh, you know, fast-paced action combat in great ways. I still don't love it, but they are actually able to solve problems I thought were unsolvable. Uh, but fifteen just feels yeah. like a game that no one, no one by the end wanted to make it anymore and you could feel it in the gameplay and in the world design there's the love was just not there and uh that's upsetting I, so a quick quick point about seven remake is like uh i feel like so i've i've definitely talked to a lot of people who have said to me like oh like seven remake feels like they took all the problems with 15 and fixed them and I, I found that an interesting perspective just because I feel like 7 Remake took things from a lot of different games in the series and, like, took them a little further. Like, and 15's one of them, but, you know, there's, like, 12 has some DNA there. There's some 10 DNA there. There's some 9 in there. There's, and obviously the original 7. But, like, I feel like it took things from a ton of different games. So I don't know that I'd necessarily say... That like seven remake is the product of them looking at fifteen and saying how can we do better? It but, feels like um, they were looking at Western but, open world type games and trying to make something I at agree that with scale. That. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
15 is like the so the whole for light design philosophy in 15 was let's take modern western open world rpgs like the witcher and try and make our own version of that with a final fantasy spin on it and ultimately they made something extremely underwhelming that like any game company could have made yep so i it was a bit of an unfortunate it was a bit unfortunate how it turned out really you know i i understand their design philosophy behind it i just don't feel like it was the correct philosophy in hindsight at all like i felt you know i understand the thinking was oh we need to get with the times but really you know seven remake had the right idea where it was like yeah we can get with the times but we can't forget what made this series what it was well, the, the one difference but, is that final uh, fantasy 7 remake is made by the same people who have been running this series for 25 years and uh, 15 true. is originally a no more then it becomes a hajime tabata project and uh, he just and didn't he's have some decent Final You know, I feel terrible like, I mean, for Tabata considering this was his big, like, it ultimately became his legacy on the series. And it was a game he didn't really right. want to make. It was one he was kind of saddled with. And we never really got to get the true Hajime Tabata Final Fantasy game. He just never got his chance to make it. We got right. Type Zero and this we got 15. Who... Yeah, the... well, he also made Crisis Core. Like, um, I don't give a fuck about Crisis piece of shit game. Yeah. <laughs> a crisis, yeah, or as, as you've as Blue has just demonstrated, Crisis Core is divisive, but it has plenty of people that really love that game. And uh, type they're wrong, zero, I they're feel fools, like, uh, it's a boring, terrible okay. game. <laughs> okay. But so, Type Zero is a game that I feel like you know, uh, it's not for me personally. But like, Type Zero has its own little identity and it's its own little thing, and. You know, it gets to be it gets to be its own product, whereas fifteen is like kind of a mishmash of like a bunch of different ideas. It didn't necessarily gel that well together. But what I will say for fifteen is like uh, as my like closing thoughts on fifteen and what impact, if any, it had on the series. Um, cause I, cause I, I think the TLDR for what I think of what impact it had on the series was very little. Actually, I don't think it had a huge... I don't think it had a huge amount of impact. I think the lesson Square Enix took from that was, let's try not to do that again. That was my impression of it. But um, but what I will say is, like, uh, I like to... I don't like to say that I hate any of these games because I think if you look at them as far as video games are, I don't think any of the... The worst these have ever been, aside from... Let's leave 14 and War of War aside, because that was... A, an abomination. Uh, sorry, 14 yeah, before. One point, um, one, yeah, 14, was... one point, oh, that was just an abomination, right? But I think when you look at all these, the mainline Final Fantasy games, none of them are bad. And I can sympathize with people who do still have a soft spot for 15 and do still like it because there are things in the game to like. And I understand why, you know, why it would resonate with a lot of people, you know. So I, I think it had good ideas in it. I wish they were executed better. I wish it was in a better product overall, you know? But it's just, I think it's just disappointing that it turned out the way that it did because I think it had the potential to be so much better. But when you look at it as far as, as far as its legacy with the rest of the series goes, I don't think it had as much of a damaging impact as 13 did and when i say damaging i don't mean damaging to the franchise so much because i don't have any ill will towards 13 i 
properly. Like my it, my assessment is that thirteen really hurt the the brand in terms of it hurt the discourse amongst fans because so many people hated that game and there was just so much <clears throat> backlash towards it and then, and then the people who loved it were so vicious towards the people that hated it and it was just it was a whole thing it was just a huge mess i think so it's the only I, time that we've had admin sent death threats over their opinion of a final fantasy game yep multiple <laughs> times for me uh, that's, yep. Yep, we've go. definitely uh, received death threats from a fangirl uh, including me, who is probably the the Final Fantasy thirteen fan of the of the admin team, mostly because I do still think that the story is kind of dumb. Yeah, you know, like I I am a very big loudmouth idiot that just says stupid things like Crisis Core is trash, but everyone else they're very <laughs> chill people that work on this wiki, and. It wasn't just me who was getting death threats. It was everybody here, which is just fucking insane. Like, right. I'm the one that yeah, says that Final Fantasy thirteen should burn. But, you know, that's just me because I like to say things because I like to get reactions out of people. But come on, guys. Relax. We did our best well, with yeah, thirteen. Not, I... Then later but, but that I... one time they went onto the uh, uh, fandom community central forums and, uh, and claimed I was stalking them. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, I feel like you know, like fifteen didn't have the impact, imp the negative impact the thirteen did. Even though, like when I when I measure the two games up against each other, would I say fifteen or thirteen was a better game? I don't know. So when I I like to put fifteen in the same category with third, like uh, with Final Fantasy VIII in a way. Final Fantasy VIII is a game that has people that passionately love it and people that passionately despise it. But I feel like, you know, now that things have cooled down, and it's been a long time since VIII released, but things have cooled down since then, and now we have a clearer head. So I think we can look at fun, uh, these two games, Final Fantasy VIII and uh, XV, and we can say, you know, there's some good ideas in there. And I can see why some of the some of these things would really resonate with people. You know, I can see why someone would really enjoy this game, or why someone would like uh, not enjoy this game. You know, but ultimately, I think the best thing the series can do is learn from what it did well and learn from its mistakes and move forward with that. You know, and there's things we can learn from Fifteen, like what not to do and what to do, and there's things that we can. You know, there's things we can learn from eight as well. So, I think I think the the bet the correct way to look at fifteen is you know, it had good ideas. It had yeah, some bad we're ideas. Just cycling back it and forth on the same thoughts now. I think yeah. I think I think we've kind of just all very simply. I think Final Fantasy VIII is a great game because it gave us Eden's Gate. In Final Fantasy XIV, Shadowbringers, okay, because it is the best, it is it is the best series of raids in the game. If just because it is the absolutely gayest, and that's wow. that's. Uh, we might have to keep. I, I thought we were wrapping up, but now now we might need another ten minutes. No, no, I, I'm going to no, need you to. Probably a more interesting topic than I, I'm going to need you to explain what the hell is going on now. No, no. <laughs> let's let's wrap. Okay. Do you want to do this let's off wrap mic? Up on this. Uh, maybe yeah, we sure, maybe uh, just 
one more thing. My ultimate feeling on Final Fantasy XV, uh, funnily enough, is that it makes me excited for the future of Kingdom Hearts. Yes! Because Nomura once said, anything that he couldn't get into Final Fantasy Versus Thirteen, he's going to put into the Kingdom Hearts series. And Kingdom Hearts 3 has proven that he's going to make good on that threat. We are going to get pure, unfiltered Nomura. Inject that shit straight into my veins. Yep. <laughs> that's great. That's what I want. That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, that's oh the problem with 15 God. ultimately is that it is not pure, unfiltered anything. It is it's the least essential Final Fantasy game. And uh, I, you know what? I, I'm not sure. Yeah, we're just we're just going and over that, it over again. Um, does that, anyone no, else have anything new and exciting? Is amazing. The reason why Eden's Gate is amazing is because it's it's it's, it's pure unadulterated Nomura. Anyways, yeah. I guess we should wrap let's up. Go. Then. Let's anyone? fucking go. Let's fucking go. Fucking finish it. All right, let's fucking finish it. All right, let's podcast podcast is over. I I need I need Hex to tell me what the hell he's going on about with this. How long has this recording even been going? For? We're on an hour forty. We, we need to, we need to wrap this up. Let's, let's wrap it up, guys. Okay. All right. So uh, let's have our. Um, yes. So let's. Um, final thoughts, uh, like final things to say. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We are the Final Fantasy Podcast, Final Fantasy Wiki Podcast. Our URL again is finalfantasy.fandom.com. This podcast is hosted by me. My name is really Eric Fuchs. Uh, and I produce it, and I kind of do everything, I guess. Uh, our uh, audio is done. I mean, our opening and closing music is uh, La Montanas de los uh, Caballeros Jovenes, which is Mount Colts from Final Fantasy VI, which is from Expert Novice off the Balance and Ruin OC Remix. Thank you so much for letting us use that music. And I will now end us on a quote from the Final Fantasy series. Enough expository banter! Now we fight like men, and ladies, and ladies who dress like men, for Gilgamesh, it's morphing time!